0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Faith Community United Methodist Church on this day, Sunday after Thanksgiving. It's also known as Christ the King or Reign of Christ Sunday. For those of you who are not familiar with that, it is the end of the Christian calendar. And we are celebrating that Christ is our King, is the one who reigns over our lives. And so we will be just in the midst of standing that today and understanding that we truly have a God that is one who loves us and has all power and authority over all things. So we are in the care of someone who has so much to offer us and we can rest in that and know that we are loved and cared for in it all. Let's turn to our announcements this morning. There are... A couple things that we need to be mindful of for sure. Uh, Coming up next Sunday, there are two opportunities for us to be gathering as a church for different reasons. The first one is our Blue Christmas service at 2.30 and that will be held in the chapel. And it will be a time for us to uh, just be in the moment of understanding that there are losses that we have in our lives. At this time of year, it makes it difficult for us to truly be in that place of truly celebrating the way so much of our culture does. But that doesn't mean that we can't truly celebrate who Christ is in this time of Advent and Christmas, even with the grief that we have. So I hope that you would be able to come out for that and experience that kind of service to really be able to connect with that. Also, after that, at 5 o'clock, we will be gathering for our uh, all-church kind of Christmas party uh, and that is a time for us to be together as the church uh, and being able to enjoy each other's company. Also, the week after that, on December 10th, there's going to be the community concert here for the Christmas season. And I'm looking forward to that. it be my first time experiencing it. It's uh, something that, uh, as I am hearing more and more about it, that it is uh, quite the uh, show for everyone. So I put that on your calendar and be a part of that celebration as well. Today, uh, St. Paul Christmas tree, uh, if you forgot to bring stuff in, we want to make sure you get that to us today. Uh, if not this morning, make sure you bring it in by tomorrow morning to the church office and we'll make sure that all those gifts to St. Paul's uh, so that they can begin working with their families there so they will be able to celebrate Christmas uh, this year as well. Uh, with that, let us turn our attention to Uh, getting ready for worship this morning as we take in the prelude.
1: Good morning. Please rise for the call to worship if you're able. It is printed in your bulletin and also on the screens. Come, let us give thanks to God. Come, let us give thanks to God. Come, let us give thanks to God. God. Let us come into God's presence with grateful praise. Come, let us worship God together. And um, if you can remain standing for our opening hymn, Come, Ye Thankful People, Come, we are going to be singing verses 1, 2, and 3, number 694 in your hymnal. be seated. Printed in your bulletin is the opening prayer. If we could say this together in unison. God of grace and God of glory, reveal yourself through our lives and our love. Shine your wisdom and truth into our hearts this day. Help us know the hope to which we are called. That we may be the servants you craft us to be. In your glory and grace we pray. Amen. And if I could have any children come forward, please. Good morning. Is this on? It's on. All right. Wonderful. Well, hello, you two. I know both of you. Let me come over here. (laughs) So what was Thursday? Thanksgiving. And it's, why do they call it Thanksgiving? Because it's a day we we give thanks, right? So I want to take a little shift. This is something that I think maybe other people have heard this before, but I had not heard this until this year and it was I love Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is a wonderful. It's a good day. I'm so thankful we do it. But I've been challenged and I've been challenged to not just give thanks on Thanksgiving, but give thanks every single day. And do you know what they call that? Thanks living. Hey. So, I'm going to try this year to thanks live, not just Thanksgiving, okay? And how they recommended doing this is that you start every day with something that you're thankful for. And you guys both know my dog. Do you remember what my dog's name is? Wilson died. (laughs) We did love Wilson. But now we have Oxley. That's right. We have Oxley. And I'm thankful for my dog. And so what this they recommended is that you take what you're thankful for, so dog, D-O-G, and you come up with something that you're thankful for that starts with every letter. So I'm going to challenge you. What is something you're thankful for that starts with the letter D? A dog? Your dog? (laughs) That'll work, absolutely. Drinks? That's good. Dreams? That's good. And I'm going to just go ahead and put it out there. You know that grandma... Pinkerton makes these very, very delicious, and that's donuts, <laughs> donuts. right? Mm. Yes, donuts. I'm thankful for donuts. For the O, is there something that you're thankful for that starts with the letter O? Ourselves. Our, ourselves. Okay. Mm. All right. Oranges. Oranges are very good. Outside. Outside like that. And I'm going to say <clears throat> old friends. And Tammy, mm. you're not old. But our friendship <laughs> is old. <laughs> so thankful for old friends. And then the G is last. So D-O-G. What's something that starts with G? God. Ground. The earth.
0: Mm. Grandma.
1: grandmas. <laughs> I like that one. Yeah. And I had down God too. So that's what they say thanks living is, that every day think of something that you're thankful for and then break it down into the letters and pick something that, that uh, matches up with that letter. So that's what I challenge mm-hmm. you guys to do, to not just thanks give, but thanks live. If Alrighty. you're feeling
0: really grateful, you think of a very long word that you're thankful for at the beginning. There you go. Yeah,
1: yeah like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious <laughs> exactly. or something like that. Yeah, that would take a little bit of time. So. Wow. All right, you guys can have a treat, and I think that we have a hymn um, that is next. That
0: Open can... my eyes that I may see, number 454. a season of transition, uh, transitioning from what we called ordinary time, which lasted throughout the summer since basically since Pentecost, and now we are right on the cusp of beginning Advent. So we're in this transition day, and then like I said before, it is called Christ the King or Reign of Christ Sunday. And so this morning I want to concentrate our prayer on this understanding of being Uh, Under the reign of Christ. Let us go for our Lord in prayer. Loving God. Almighty Father. We come to you on this day of of transition. We think about how each and every day may be ordinary. And we walk each moment just kind of experiencing what comes before us. But when we think about each day that we walk in you, we can see how each and every day should not just be ordinary. Lord, we have an understanding of who you are in our lives. And as we think this day and think about you as the one who reigns in our lives, then we can see how there could be so much more to each and every day, so it is not ordinary. Or we could be confused about uh, what is happening in our lives. We could be struggling with uh, disease. We could be struggling with uh, what it is that we're going to be doing. We could be struggling with our own uh, health issues. Someone else's in our family's health problems. There's so many things that we can just be consumed by. And each and every one of us here today may have something that is weighing on us today. Lord, help us to see, help us to open our eyes and our hearts to you, recognizing that you truly are the one who reigns in our lives. You are able to open our hearts and our minds to see what it is that you would have us see, to show us what is something that you care about, that something that you would want us to be involved in, something that you would want for us to experience. that just may be healing, it may be peace, it may be comfort, it may be wisdom, it may be a new passion. So Lord, I just ask today that you would speak to each and every one of us, that you would touch our souls in the deepness of who we are. To recognize that we are something so much more when we are in you. Christ in us, and us in Christ. Lord, teach us. Teach us to walk with you with confidence and with joy and with hope in all that we do. So truly the world around us will be asking and wondering, what is it that they have in their life? So encourage us, O oh God, on this day, this Christ the King Sunday, That you are truly reigning in our lives, you are leading us in hope, you're leading us in love, that you are there with us in each and every step. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We all have been changed by our relationship with Jesus Christ. Together we are... Christ's church. It is in how we experience the Lord and we share that with the world that those around us can learn to know who Jesus is for themselves. Ushers, would you please wait upon us? After our prayer of dedication, I want to pour out a blessing upon the gifts that we'll be sharing with St. Paul's and our college students. Please join me in the prayer of dedication. Lord God, transform these gifts into nourishment for a hungry world. May they offer shelter from the storms of light. May they bring kindness and compassion to the lost and the lonely. Transform us even as you transform these gifts, that we might be your hands and feet in the world. Amen. And gracious God, we ask that you would pour out a blessing, a blessing upon the gifts that we have brought today and throughout the past couple of weeks for our friends at St. Paul's and our college students. Lord, we know that these gifts are are small in nature, but Lord, with your blessing, they become so much more. May they be received as though that they are receiving a gift from you, that they will think that you are someone to consider, that they will understand that they are loved by not just us, but the one that we serve, Lord Jesus Christ. So we ask that these these gifts be a blessing in a way that blesses them beyond just what is the gift that they're receiving. That they would truly come to know you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Please remain standing for the Gospel reading.
1: Our Gospel, our Scripture reading today is from Matthew, um, chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, Truly I tell you, Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. God. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Thank you. you. <laughs>
0: my nearly 10 years of serving as a pastor, I have officiated, I think, around nine weddings. The youngest couple, which was my most recent in this past September, they were both around 20 years old. The oldest couple were in their 60s and 70s. Regardless of the age of the couple, I require them to participate in some kind of marriage counseling. For most, I use a tool which provides a personal assessment for the bride and the groom to answer some questions uh, about themselves, their families, uh, their relationship with money, their expectations, and their relationship with their partner. After they take the assessment, I get a report that I review with them to facilitate our conversations. Now, the intent of this tool is to help them understand that marriage is truly about two individual people coming together to live as one couple with a common life purpose. This is very hard for people because we all are unique and have our own desires and hopes and dreams. For marriages to be healthy and productive, partners must acknowledge their differences and discuss their desires, hopes, and dreams until they are prepared to make a life covenant with each other and align their lives one with the other. I remind them that after marriage they must continue to have these conversations as their their lives change and that will happen to develop new hopes and dreams to remain committed to the covenant. Marriages are strained when couples are out of alignment and choose to live for their own individual purposes. With this in mind. Consider that in the scriptures. The church is said to be the bride of Christ. Christ has made a covenant with this church. To align with God's purposes. There is one Christ church. Even though over the last couple thousand years. We have created thousands of denominations from various desires, hopes, and dreams. I would suggest that all denominations are in some way out of alignment with the covenant that we made with Christ, a covenant to follow Jesus. In the last days, Christ the King will come for His bride, the church. In the end, Christ's church is all that will be remaining How will we know if we are aligned with Christ? On this Christ the King Sunday that marks the end of the Christian year and celebrates Jesus' reign and relationship with the church, I want to look at this passage from Matthew's Gospel and consider what are the characteristics of the people of Christ's church. Now in Matthew's Gospel, this is the, the final message that Jesus shared before he was arrested. This was the last of a series of parables regarding the coming kingdom of heaven. Now, the earlier messages were about anticipating the new age, being prepared and ready for Christ's return and being productive servants of the Lord. Today's passage takes us to the final episode of the current age. Jesus, with all authority and all His glory, comes for His bride, the church. Jesus comes to honor His covenant with His church, to be one with them for all eternity. Jesus comes to identify His church, those who are prepared and ready to covenant with Him. And Jesus described that all the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate the people, one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. I want to start by pointing out the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God that awaits has always been prepared for humanity from the time of creation. Humanity was removed from it when we chose to live for ourselves and not in union with God. God has continually pursued us to reconcile and restore what was lost. And Jesus declared that a time would come when the kingdom that has always been will be open for those who willingly set themselves aside to be all in with Christ. No one is forced. However, Jesus also declared that the only other place prepared for all eternity is what was prepared for the devil and his angels. That place wasn't prepared to sustain humanity. The only option for eternal life is with Christ's church. I do not know about you, but that's where I want to place my focus. I want to know more about what the people of Christ's church are like. So let's turn our attention to Jesus' analogy of a shepherd separating out an integrated flock of sheep and goat, where the sheep are on the right, are, are likened to the people who are blessed with the inheritance of the eternal kingdom. So why sheep? Why not the goats? as much as they look alike they are very different animals when it comes to their behaviors i don't do not know this from experience only from what i have learned the goats are very independent animals maybe some of you will be able to tell me about this they can find their own way around they they can fight for themselves if they need to and they like to do things their own way sheep on the other hand submit To their shepherd. Trusting the shepherd with anything and everything that will sustain them. And recognize the shepherd's voice to guide them. So what is Jesus telling us? The people of Christ's church are humble. It takes humility to admit our full dependence on Christ for an eternally sustainable life. Without humility, we are unable to submit our wills to the will of Jesus, our shepherd. It is humility that silences the voices of our desires to attune ourselves to the Lord's voice, calling out for us to take our inheritance. Humility allows the Holy Spirit to do the work of transformation that aligns our desires and hopes and dreams with the Lord's and motivates us to live in line with the Lord's purposes. So after separating the sheep from the goats, Jesus then shared how he knew who were the sheep of his flock, the people of his church. And he described, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you, you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And the righteous will answer him, Lord, when When did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? Then the king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did well, you did it for me. Now, reading this, I notice three distinct characteristics here that the people of Christ's church have that, that motivates them to respond to Jesus's concern for the world. First, the people of Christ's church are compassionate. See, the motivation Jesus described wasn't duty-driven or a response to some kind of coercion. They were simply motivated by the concern of another person's situation. This comes from a heart of compassion, which opens our eyes to see other people with real concern for their well-being. I think if we're honest, we have some work to do here. Just speaking for myself, I I know that I am distracted enough or I'm, I'm busy enough to not notice people that I pass by every day. Why don't I pay more attention? What am I missing? Do I even care? Recently, a few of us have been taking training called Fear Plus Less. Which has helped us to see how fear is a a primary factor that keeps us from fully engaging with the world that we live in. From this training, we have been challenged to be intentional about noticing. Noticing who we see and who we don't see. Whose voice we hear or who do we not hear. And what internal or external influences. Deter us from seeing and hearing. See, if we are going to develop a compassionate heart, we are going to have to be able and willing to see and hear others with concern for them without fearing what it may require of us. Second, the people of Christ's church are generous. It takes compassion to see people in their situations of need, but it takes generosity to give to someone else without the expectation of receiving something in return. You see, generous gifts are gifts without strings attached. They are offered freely. As individuals, we should ask ourselves, how guarded are we with our resources? This includes our money. Our time, our stuff, our talents, or whatever else it is that we can give to God and to others. How hard is it to give? As a church, we need to consider the resources that we have and, and determine how we can offer them generously to meet the needs of our community. Third, the people of Christ church are loving Generosity is the motivation to give freely, but for a gift to be received, well, it matters how it is presented. You see, love itself is a gift, a gift that lives in us in Christ. It is something that we can offer others in all that we do. That's why Jesus says, love your neighbor and love your enemies. Love is not a feeling here it is an action paul told the church in corinth that with any gifts that are shared we must share them with love and then went on to define love like this love is patient love is kind it does not envy it does not boast it is not proud It is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. If love never fails, then we should be more loving, right? We have plenty of neighbors, and probably enemies too, that are in our community that we can love. Let's love them. Friends, Christ the King is coming for His church. We don't know when, but He's coming. Will we be recognized as people of Christ's church? Jesus knows His church. They have distinctive characteristics which are evidence of the Holy Spirit's work in them that aligns them with the hopes, dreams, and desires of christ they are humble compassionate generous and loving people so may the lord continue a work in us to bring about these characteristics more fully in us to be christ church prepared and ready for christ the king to come amen Please rise as we sing together, crown him with many crowns. Number 327 verses 1 through 3. Christ does reign and reigns in us when we submit to the Lord and say, Lord, my life is yours. Lead me in your life so that my life will shine like yours. Go in peace in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.